This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Gooder. If you are looking to get some cute and functional sunglasses that don't slip around when you're on the run or doing anything active, check out Gooder. They have all kinds of cute styles. They have fun, bright, exciting colors, and they also have some neutral, everyday sunglasses as well. I love their aviator shades. I also love the runway shades. I wear them every day. I'm always in Gooder shades. You can save 15% when you go to gooder.com slash another and use the code another15. That's another 15 for 15% off your order. When you support sponsors of this podcast, you are directly supporting the show. So for that, I thank you. All right. Today, you're listening to episode 339, and my guest is Allie Nolan. Allie recently wrote a book called Master the Marathon. Very exciting. The foreword on this book is by the one and only Des Linden, who is the winner of the 2018 Boston Marathon. Master the Marathon is a comprehensive guide to marathon training for women of all levels. Allie has been writing about running for years. She used to work for Runner's World. She actually was on this podcast so long ago when she worked for Runner's World. She was episode 43, and she was on with her coworker and one of her best friends, Hannah McGoldrick. So I don't know what to tell you. If you go back and listen to that episode, I can't promise you I did anything well on episode 43 of this podcast, but you should go check it out. Get to know Allie. Allie is all about empowering women in the sport of running. And she put so much time and research into this book. It gives you everything from the pre-run stretches, the strength training, the mental mindset, the nutrition, the recovery. And there's three different training plans in the book. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called Master the Marathon, the ultimate training guide for women. I had so much fun catching up with Allie. I've kind of been buddies with her in the running world for quite a few years now. So this was such a fun episode. If you do enjoy our conversation, please leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And actually we did the Gooder Sunglass giveaway for new ratings and reviews for the month of August. So for the remainder of this month and the month of October, for all new ratings and reviews, we will put you in to winter a copy of Allie's book, Master the Marathon. So if you leave a rating and review, make sure you email Emma. That's my assistant. She's amazing. She also edits this podcast now. Emma at sandyboyproductions.com. And we will get you entered to win Allie's book. So we'll do that through the remainder of September and the month of October. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Allie Nolan. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Allie Nolan on the show. Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you so much. I'm so pumped to be here. <laughs> You're actually a returning guest. I know. This Can you believe like it? How many years ago did I come on? You, I mean, five. Seriously, That's five. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're new to the show, um, Allie came on the show with Hannah. How do I pronounce Hannah's last name? 
Um, McGoldrick. Okay, Hannah McGoldrick. Yeah, Hannah works for Puma now, but you guys both worked for Runner's World and you did like the secret meeting stuff and you were, I don't know, you were probably in the 30s or 40s of this podcast episode wise and now we're at three, I don't even know what, 350? Yeah, you got you're you have like a million now. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so so much has happened though. Like when we first talked, you were still at Runner's World. So give us like a little bit of a timeline of where what brought you to where you are today. Which you know, Allie just wrote this book, Master the Marathon, that we're going to talk about. It's just now coming out. So tell us the timeline. Yes, I would love to do that. Okay, so we were at Runner's World, me and Hannah. Um, and, and like, I'm kind of like, I wish Anna was here today, but I know. she's in Greece. Yeah. So well, that <laughs> sounds a lot cooler than being here. Yeah. She's much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we kind of, um, a bunch of us left runner's world because it was getting bought and, um, that was like a hard transition, but I went to active, which is the race, um, website where a lot of people register for races. And then me and you saw each other in Florida when we ran the Donna Marathon, which I was terribly underprepared Yeah, we for, have to talk so. about that a little bit. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> Donna was super fun. Um, and then from there, I went back to Runner's World because I was super excited about the new direction they were taking. Um, and I missed everybody. And they gave me a better job title, which was features editor. So I was like, yeah, I'm coming back. I do remember um, that now. I yeah. Now that you mentioned, I remember when that happened. Okay. Yes. And then I went to Utah because uh, my husband took a job in Utah and we just felt like it was the right time for slowing down a little bit. Um, so I took a step back and went into higher ed, which is super exciting. And I love working at Utah Valley University. There's a shout out. Um, and I started working on this book. I got approached to write Master of the Marathon, and I was like, yes, because the world needs me to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you're still working at Utah Valley? Yes, I am, yeah. What are you doing there? I know higher education, but what are you teaching? So I don't teach. I'm actually in the marketing department. Okay. So um, it's it's a really cool university. It like, has 40,000 students. It's a public institution, um, and I just like really believe in – what we're doing, which is getting scholarships for students and students that uh, wouldn't be able to attend school otherwise. So, yeah. Is Utah so beautiful? Utah is so beautiful. It is like, I've lived in so many different states now and this is like by far the most gorgeous place I've ever seen in my life. Whereabouts in Utah are you? So I'm like in Pleasant Grove, which is about um, 40 minutes south of Salt Lake City. Okay. Yeah, I so we recently moved to North Carolina and I'm like actively trying to convince my best friend from my neighborhood to move out this way. I'm like, you can go just go to Asheville because they want to be in the mountains. I'm like, there's mountains yeah. there. Yeah. But they're like, those mountains are not the same mountains in Utah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just not the same thing. I'm like, OK, I guess. I know, but they're they're different. I don't know. The Asheville, you know, uh that's where I got engaged was out. It was Boone, not Asheville, but, um, okay. we loved, we loved North Carolina. We lived in Wilmington. So I'm excited oh, you did? for your rally journey. Yeah. Yeah. I went to grad school there. Oh, so. wow. Okay. I didn't know that you really have been all over. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so let's briefly hit on the Donna experience. So that was, okay. that must have been, I was pregnant with Sandy, my last. So that must have been 2018. Yeah. And you ran the marathon that day and you were like, I'm not prepared for this, but I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> so dumb. So silly. Well, and um, uh, that was a mistake, right? But at the same time, it was a really great experience. That's a great race. I really loved it. But um, we were super lucky that we got to eat dinner with Jeff Galloway, who was like, you'll be fine. You're in decent enough shape. Just run 30 seconds, walk 30 seconds, because I'm sure everybody knows he's the um, guru of the run walk. And I listened to him, and I, I went in a pace group, and I did it, and I finished in five hours in like 30-something, and it was actually really cool to do the back of the pack experience. And then I ran the last two minutes like an idiot at like an eight-minute pace, <laughs> I was dead. Like, I was dead for days, but... Yeah, that was dumb. What did you run the half or did you run the full? I did the half. I was pregnant and I I don't remember what I ran it in, but I've actually done the half every year at Donna. I've never done the full because I've never been like in shape to run the full. And also, I'm usually doing a little bit of work stuff around it, so I don't want to I don't know, running a half marathon is much less stressful to me than running a full marathon. <laughs> I love the half distance. Like I just I uh, my next race will be a half for sure um, as I'm like coming back from an injury. But um, yeah, it's it's a little more gentle. I want to run a full very soon, but I, I'm giving myself a year, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> that's really smart. I know I keep itching to want to run a marathon too, but then something comes up and I'm like, do you really want to feel like, like today, for instance, one of my kids has a cold and he's not going to school and it's like, do you really want to be committed to like having to run seven miles on a random front? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just, I'm not ready to fully commit to what it takes to be dedicated to run a marathon. I know you can be flexible and move days around, but not as flexible as I'm being with my working out right now. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that so much. And I think that people um, often underestimate the amount of time that goes into marathon training. And then like they'll, uh, I think a lot of people like will abandon halfway through. And sometimes that's like painful, but it's, it's smart. Like, you know, the, it, you have to, life is more important than marathon training, in my opinion. I just saw someone post something on Instagram that said, um, if you're too busy to spend time with your family, and I think they meant like extended family, whatever, then yeah. you're probably too busy. And I like, I love that. That's really good. If it's so true. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what is important? Are these things that I'm making myself busy with? Like, does all of that really matter? Like, how can I make it so that I can do both things I love, whether it's work or run, and also not neglect spending time with my family or just make time, not even, I'm not even talking about people's kids. I'm saying like your mom, your dad, your aunt, whoever yeah. it is. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us like kind of realized that because we were locked down and like not busy for so long. And now we've all been expected to get back into the grind. And um, I think that's been a hard transition for me. It's been really hard because I'm like, okay, the things that I realized were my priorities, which was seeing my family or, um, you know, spending time with my husband, um, that is happening less and less. And I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, like train for races or I play tennis like a lot of days a week. And I'm like, so I have to be better at tennis. And, you know, it's, 
it's silly because we, I think everybody woke up to the fact that we were too busy and now it's like, oh, just back to normal. I don't know. That's how it is in Utah anyway. I know other states are a little yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many people have asked me if I play tennis since I moved out to North Carolina. Really? Do you play tennis? No, but I guess it's like, I don't know if it's the neighborhood we moved to, but like, I guess a lot of people out here play tennis. I think it's like a big deal in North Carolina. I remember I I played there a little bit like when I lived there. It's like, yeah, I think because the weather's good, maybe. Maybe like, that's know? what it is. I don't know. One yeah. of my neighbors, um, I was like texting her to see if her boys wanted to play a couple weekends ago. She's like, well, we have a babysitter. We're, our team made it to state in the tennis tournament championship or whatever. So these adults are like going to big time yeah. state championships yeah. in tennis. Yeah. No, no, no. We have like, it's like a lot of drama, actually. It's like, oh, do you get to districts? And uh -huh. like, a, a fun um, like launch party and like two of my friends were like oh my gosh I can't go because I have to go to nationals yes. and I'm like I hate you like <laughs> I wonder if this lady's gonna go to nationals now and then I had another lady be like well I play a little bit but it's kind of catty and I'm like I it's very catty <laughs> It's so different than running. I can't even tell you. It's incredible to me that these women, like, they'll be like, I don't, you know, there's double. So I don't want to play with this lady because she's, like, really not good. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just want to play tennis. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, That's so different from running because, you know, when you go for a run with someone and maybe you're, like, race times are faster and they know that and they – always give you that asterisk like but I'm really slow before yeah. you go for a run and you're thinking well I'm not gonna I'm not doing a workout I'm just going right. for a run we're just going for a run together I don't care if we run 10 minute miles nine minute miles or 12 minute miles right I know I, I love that about the running community where it's like I, I don't know it's different than other sports that you in. I really believe that because there's a good community. It's not like a backstabbing community, which does happen in tennis sometimes. Well, and terrible. yeah, one more note on that. I just went to my cousin. I have a cousin in middle school. I know that's weird because I'm way older than that. But um, I sometimes just default to saying my niece because she's so much younger, but she's actually my cousin. And um, I went to her middle school cross country meet. I had the oh. opportunity to do that because we went back to Indiana for my grandma's funeral. So we were in town an extra day. So I got to go to this meet and I was like, I have not been to a cross country meet in so many years. It brought back so many memories. All the kids on varsity stayed and cheered for the kids yeah. on JV afterwards. All the parents are cheering for all the kids, not just their yeah. kid. And I was like, this is the community I want to immerse myself in, which is why you and I have been runners for so long. But also, that's the kind of community I want my kids to be involved in. Yeah. Yes. I oh, I love cross country. So like when I, um, for the last two years out here, I did coaching youth cross country through like the town. Like, I mean, it's such a mixed bag because it's like you get like seven-year-olds to 13-year-olds and it's like, it's ridiculous and kind of hilarious. And I just love it because it's not even just like um, our parents cheering on, you know, our team. It's like everybody there cheering on every single child, no, no matter what. And the amount of self-esteem I think they gain from like running a 1K and just like feeling that accomplishment. I just, you know, that's what made running magical for me. Like I resisted it for so long, but then like to feel the support of total strangers and then feel like the pride in yourself. So yeah, I think that for kids, it's like possibly the greatest uh, sport 
to give a whirl as long as they're not putting too much pressure on themselves, which I know happens, you know. <laughs> That's what yeah. I keep telling my my cousin. I'm like, she wants to run hard. She wants all this advice from me um, because to her, I'm this run, you know, I'm a, I'm a big time runner, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I told her, I said, look, it's so important to work hard and have fun. But the most important part right now at 12 years old is to have fun and enjoy the experience. There's nothing more important than that. Oh my goodness, she's 12 and that's like the most exciting running time. I know. <laughs> um, so cool. I know, I know. Okay, so we could harp on our love for cross country forever. Let's yeah. talk about your experience. Like, uh, you know, I mentioned the Donna race, which was like a random marathon that you ran, that you did the run walk. But let's talk about when you started running and leading up to writing this book. What, give us a little bit of a glimpse of what your history has looked like. I can totally do that. I'll try to do it kind of fast. So I started running actually in high school and um, I was forced to run. And I actually, um, I went to a school for bad kids. We'll just say it like that because that's (laughs) the easiest way to put it. Like a boarding school? It was a boarding school. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I actually wrote about this in Runner's World article, so everybody can go check that out. But um, we can link I it ran, in the show notes. Yeah, awesome. I ran cross country there because that's what we were told to do. You know, like if you like had long legs or looked the least bit athletic, like you were thrown onto the cross country team, and that's where I ended up, which was very cool. It was like literally the only sport <laughs> that the school offered. Um, I hated it. I hated it more than anything in the world. We had to wake up really super early. Um, Our coach was very intense. Um, There was a lot of good things about him, but it was also like a little intimidating at times. So um, that was hard. We ended up winning states two years in a row, probably because we were training so very hard and we did have like very talented girls on the team. I was like the number five runner, which basically means I was like a mid packer, but I closed the door. So like I had to get it's in. It's an important place. Yeah, I was important, but I was slow. I mean, <laughs> um, so that was that. I stopped running after uh, high school because I was like, that was the worst experience of my life. Um, and, and the school was a pretty traumatic place, which whatever, that's fine. Um, lots of growth from it. So hooray. Um, but then I you know, kind of put down my running shoes for about a decade. I um, was really damaging my body a lot through smoking and drinking and all that really great stuff. And at a certain point while I was in graduate school, I I, like wanted that to stop. I felt terrible. And I was like, I'm going to try to run a mile. And that mile just like kind of woke something up in me where I was like, wow, not only can I run this mile, it feels so much better than what I'm doing right now. And I can think better and all this stuff. So that was awesome. And so while writing my senior thesis, I um, just ran and ran and ran and ended up training for a half marathon kind of by accident. So that was a great thing. I ran my first half marathon in upstate New York, like about a few months after I graduated from grad school. And that was it. I loved it. I loved it so much that I saw a position open at Runner's World and I was like, I'm going to apply for that. And then at Runner's World, you have to run. I mean, like, <laughs> obviously. So, and when I got there, I was like, I have to be as good of a runner as all these other runners, which, you know, 
um, I talk a little bit about in the book, like having imposter syndrome there and forcing myself to run a marathon. And that's, that was the, uh, you know, reason why I ran my first marathon, which wasn't the best reason, but I'm super happy I did it anyway. Um, so nowadays I am kinder to myself, less results oriented, definitely through the research that I did for Master of the Marathon. Um, I still run. I'm like at 15 miles per week right now because I had really bad plantar fasciitis and I'm actually letting it heal. It's the so worst. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, have you ever had that? Before? Oh yeah. It's ah, awful. It's awful. And it just wouldn't go away. So now I'm like doing dry needling and that is horrifying. Like you just, there's somebody sticks needles in your foot and like it hurts, but it's really working. Good. So I'm really, really, really excited about that. And I'm, yeah, like I said before, I'm hoping to run a half marathon in the spring. Okay. So how many marathons have you run? So I run two pavement, like road marathons. Well, two road marathons. And then in Texas, I ran a trail marathon that actually was supposed to be like a started out as a half marathon, but then it was like a double trouble situation. And I was like, I'm just going to go for of it. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I can imagine working at runner's world, feeling a lot of pressure to do all the things running wise. And you're a writer. Like, yes, you're a runner, but you're at runner's world because you're a writer too. That's like your main reason, right? Right. Right. Exactly. And like some of the editors, um, and people on staff were not runners. Yeah. So, but I built the actual runners up in my head so much that I was like, I felt like, oh my goodness, these people are fantastic. They've all run Boston. And, um, you know, now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was, I really gave them a lot of credit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I think, I feel like I harp on this a little bit on this podcast, but I just think with social media and stuff, you get this pressure to have to run certain times or do a certain amount of, of training and running and post a certain amount of running pictures instead of other pictures and things like that. And it's like, no, just live your life. Yeah, I agree so much. And like, you know, I've been on social media more often than I had been, you know, to promote the book. You got to promote this book. You got to do it, unfortunately, for (laughs) me who likes to live in a cave. Um, But like, you know, so I follow these hashtags that are like, you know, hashtag InstaRunner or whatever. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I couldn't imagine being in a place where I was younger um, and feeling all that pressure um, and looking at some of these gals who have like six pack abs and are running 652, you know, training miles and, and, you know, feeling secure with myself. So I agree. I think it's um, really important to be realistic that most of us are running in our soccer shorts and going at 11 minute per mile pace, you know, (laughs) like for sure. Yeah, yeah. Or like I'm jogging my kids to school and then I might do like five more miles, like slow up and down hills. And sometimes there's so many steep hills here in North Carolina. Yeah. Sometimes I walk up steep hills. I'm like. I love that. You know, and there was a time where I would have never done that. I would have never even considered it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, and it's like better for you if, you know, whatever. I don't know. We can get into like the physiology physiology of that, but it's like what in our brains made us want to like crush every single hill at a certain point. Like, you know, it's just not even worth it for your body. So yeah, especially if you're pushing a stroller. Is that what you're doing? 
Oh no, I would definitely. Okay. Well, oh my gosh, I actually haven't gone on a stroller run here. Um, Glenn, my husband, and I have done one with the little boys, and he pushes the double. It is insane. So from our house, <laughs> if you run, say I run like six miles, and some people, you guys that live in the mountains, people that live elsewhere, you might not think this is crazy. So you run six miles. I think the elevation gain is usually around like four hundred and thirty feet, something like that. Yeah. And we actually, since we were just home in Indiana, we went for a six mile run and we checked the elevation and it was 28 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, that's where we're coming from. And so, I mean, him doing this, we did it like just some neighborhood loops because we left our big boys home. So we just kind of looped the house. And I mean, I don't think I could have ran up a lot of the hills he was running up. It It's intense, especially with the double stroller. So no, that's not me. Uh, I will like, my big boys will ride their bikes to school and I run next to them. That's what I was talking about. Oh, that's incredible. I really love that. Oh, it's super fun. Yeah. It sounds really fun. Um, yeah, actually that I, I have a similar issue, which is that I come from out East, which is just not that hilly at all. And here it's like for my home, if I want to get to the trail, I have to run uphill. Uh If I want to get to the track, I have to run downhill, which means I have to run uphill to get home. And it's just, um, I shouldn't complain because it's great training, but at the same time, I'm like, why isn't there just like a flat, a flat. area? Like, <laughs> There is like from my house, you get to the trail in about a, a like little under a mile, like 0.8 and it, it kind of rolls a little bit, but it's flat enough that you could do like a tempo run or something. So I just go over there, but it's still, that's the elevation gain. Cause I don't know. Does that sound, 430 probably doesn't sound like a ton to you. I don't know what you're. I think it's like we do like a little loop and we're just at 600. Like we can make it that it's not unreasonable. Um, Crute, my husband, he like is insane and he'll go and do, everybody can look at his stuff on Strava because he's a crazy person and uh, he's, you know, just doing trails and up mountains literally. And I'm just like, oh man, just give me my nice little 600 elevation game. (laughs) Which to me, that sounds like a lot. How did you guys meet? Um, So we met where I went to the school in upstate New York at an all-girls college. And he was visiting for a really cool ball that we had, which was called Erotic Ball. It was supposed to just be for the women. And we all dressed up in lingerie. And, like, he crashed it. Ah! (laughs) Yeah. And then we fell in love. (laughs) So you met in college. Okay, so you've been together for a long time. Oh, we've been together for so long. He says it's been a million years. I'm sure that's what it feels like. (laughs) And then he does ultras? So he does. Like, he hasn't in a while. Um, He took a very long break from running because he had a hernia. He actually had four hernias, which is like, oh, oh my gosh. My mom blames it on the ultras, actually. So that's cool. Um, (laughs) I don't think that's true or scientific. So <laughs> whatever. Um, but now he's back into it and he's been doing so well. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of him because he's been waking up at like five every morning and uh, going out doing three miles or so. And, you know, we blamed our kind of like lapse in running on getting like our giant dog who is not a runner, who's very slow. Um, and now he's like, I have to make time for myself. And I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I feel like when we we're at the Donna Marathon because we had that dinner together. But then the next night there was the there's the cocktail hour b- yeah. the day before the race. And you and I and somebody else at Active 
and Glenn, we all sat, we sat together and hung out for a few hours. Um, and I feel like you guys had just got the dog then. You were like showing me dog pictures. Yeah, I probably was. I mean, that sounds like pretty on brand. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did. We just had gotten Ollie probably about three weeks before. And, and he was like um, sending you updates, hourly yes! updates. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably like, you're, this is insane. Like, I, yeah, we were really, I mean, we're still obsessed with him. That's like so good. he is a baby yeah. to us. Yeah. I know that sounds nuts. I know. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I love it. That's so good. Um, I was so glad you were there because we had so much fun together. I had so much fun with you and I was so glad you were there because I was like kind of like rolling solo except you for were. like you were. Yeah. And because Crude had to stay home with the dog. Of course. Uh, of course. So it was like really good to hang out with you guys. Yeah. Um, quick plug for the Donna Marathon. Yeah. If you all listening haven't gone and done the Donna Marathon, go do it. It's in February. I go every year. I will be there. We'll have a meetup. And it's just the best event. It's so inspiring. Everything raises money for the Donna Foundation, which helps people walking through breast cancer. Um, I've had the founder, Donna Deegan, on the show. She's amazing. And I just can't say enough great things about it. I loved that marathon. I loved it so much. And people, I was talking to somebody and they're like, a marathon in Florida. And I was like, no, you start really early. It's in February. You run by the ocean. Like, there's a beautiful breeze and the people that are running it are passionate. Yes. Um, and there's a 5k if marathons aren't your thing and the half is really reasonable. It's flat. Like I'm like, I'm like thinking, I'm like, can I train for a February race? Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that race. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. It's super fun. And yeah, like you said, the people are really passionate. It's so much more than running, but you, you can go and run fast if you want. Anyway, I, I, I have a discount code. I'll put, put a link to it in the show notes. Um, okay. So I want, yeah. yes. And I'm, I, I'm assuming I'll do the half. Maybe I can talk myself into the full. Um, I'd certainly have enough time to train for the full. Hey everybody, a quick break here. If you are living in Indianapolis or somewhere near, you need to check out the Junior League of Indianapolis 5K coming up. It's the Scarlet Run 5K. It's being held in celebration of the Junior League of Indianapolis centennial year. This is an organization of women committed to promoting volunteerism, developing women, and improving the community through the leadership of trained volunteers. Since 2000, they have awarded nearly $5 million to nonprofits locally. So you can also run it virtually. There's a virtual option as well. I always say I love to see what someone's 5K time is in the middle of training. It's a great check in to see where you are fitness-wise. So if you don't have a 5K on your plan, whatever you're doing right now, you can run this in person in Indianapolis or virtually. Go to jlindy.org and use the code ANOTHER5. That's the number five, ANOTHER5 for $5 off your registration. Think about all those amazing nonprofits you're supporting in Indianapolis when you do this race. So go to jlnd.org and use the code ANOTHER5 at checkout. Okay, back to the show. Um, okay, so I want to dig into the book a little bit, but 
I want to talk a little bit about how running has helped you with your mental health and just life in general. I think that everybody comes to running for some reason or another, right? And a lot of times you hear runners say like running saved me. So how has running been there for you? That's a great question. And um, it's so interesting. I recently wrote an article for Runner's World because I still write for them sometimes. Um, And it's like running is not my therapy, but therapy helped my running. Um, And I truly believe that for myself. But I'll tell you a little bit of backstory. So um, like I said, I went to like the bad kids boarding school and it really was because of mental health issues um, that kind of, I don't know, like I, I'm like, um, how old am I? 35 now. And I think just back then we weren't as open um, to getting adolescents help um, and didn't, nobody really understood what was going on. And I couldn't really articulate like, huh, I feel like weird sometimes. And then other times I feel really energetic and that's why I'm running away. So, you know, literally a decade later, after um, working at Runner's World, after working at Active, um, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And it was like, um, I actually, in Texas, shortly after the Donna Marathon, had like a very bad episode um, of depression. And that's when the doctor was like, how have you been living? <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and, and the answer was through running. Like it, it really was um, that that was the number one way for me to lift my mood and also to tire myself out at, at other times so I could um, sleep and function and concentrate. So it's really interesting and it's not advisable. So I don't want anybody listening to think that that is okay (laughs) because like there's much better ways to cope. Um, So what ended up happening was like I was I was so used to coping in that manner um, that I had another episode shortly after, which is like pretty common to kind of have episodes like um, one after the other. And I decided that the medication was stupid because you know, you're kind of thinking irrationally at that point, and that running is going to be what can save me again. Um, But unfortunately, I overtrained, like, because I couldn't balance myself out. And that was the first time in my life that that had really become apparent. um, And really grind, like, I was really just like, doing this grind, running two times a day, like running like a crazy person, really. And I really thought that if I could just run enough, um, that I would feel better. And physically, I broke down. Mentally, I broke down. And um, I put I had put a lot of pressure on myself at work and at, you know, and at running, of course. And I finally got to the point where I was like, this is unsustainable. And I'm going to ask somebody for help and like, thank God for that friend. Um, and for my family and for my husband who were super understanding. Um, and the reason I went to my friend and not crew, by the way, is that we were living apart. I was living up in New York and New Jersey working for Ranch World and he was living in Dallas still. Um, so that was like another stressful thing. But anyway, what I learned through this was that running is not everything. Running cannot treat a condition that is like in your brain chemistry. It can help certainly. Um, but overall, you know, I just had to take a step back. I had to stop training completely to kind of reset. Um, and then I had to like relearn my, you know, cool mental health skills. Um, and through that, my running got better. 
um, and really like a lot more balanced. And I could, you know, use these different techniques to kind of make running work for me in a way that was more healthy. So instead of like constantly putting pressure on myself to perform, running really became about, you know, lifting my self-confidence and, um, you know, being kind to myself and, you know, being able to put in the work, but also being able to say like, hey, you're doing the best you can. <laughs> and, um, and that was like a huge learning and growth period for me and why I've been able to really train better lately and train in a way that is, you know, kinder to myself and also makes me happy and has been more fun. Um, so I think that that was like, you know, a, a difficult time period that really um, helped my running. And then was actually like kind of the catalyst for writing a book about training because like a good like two chapters in this book is about like my, not my experience, but like my mental tips and tricks that actually can like improve performance. So do you continue to take medicine? Is that just a lifelong yeah. thing? It is a lifelong thing. And, um, and that's fine. You know, like you have to find what works for you. I was really, really, really resistant to it for a while. Um, and you just accept it, you know, like I, I just had to be like, okay, well, this is how it is now. And, um, it doesn't make me feel any different. And I think that that's like a really wonderful thing. And I know that a lot of people struggle with finding the right medication mm -hmm. and, it can be a years long process. And I felt like the first medication I was on was not good, was not good for me personally. But I luckily had like this incredible doctor and team of doctors um, who helped find something that was like, you know, pretty gentle and did not throw me into a tailspin um, either up or down. So yeah, I only take two medications, which is sometimes rare in bipolar disorder. And um you know, I also know that sometimes you run out of time with those, like they, they stop working. So then there'll be a process again. So it's just something that like I've been like, all right, well, that is what it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that has a lot to do with why people are scared to get on medicine for depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever mental health struggles they have because because of that process. Like I'm scared to take something that's going to make me feel like I can't handle it or going to make me feel sick or whatever it is. So absolutely, I totally yeah. could see that. I totally like, and I feel like for people going through that process, cause it does. Yeah. Suck. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it's a weird thing. You do kind of feel like you're in a fog for a bit, but it's like, I don't know. I always encourage people to like stick it out and, you know, just be really open and honest and, um, you know, find the right doctor if you can. Like, I know that that's hard in America, but like, if you can, it makes all the difference in the world, seriously, to have an ally. Yeah. Same thing with therapy. It's like, I, the struggle with getting yourself to go to therapy is that you feel like it's going to take a couple tries to find the right person. Yeah. 100%. And it really does. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, therapy is really hard to, I think therapy is actually harder to find like a good therapist than like a good psychiatrist. I don't really know why that is, but um, there's always a person out there that is helpful. Like I, I truly believe that. Um, and there's, you know, I think a lot of people like don't understand what therapy should be, which is like 
going to somebody who can help you kind of do what you need to do in life and have the skills to live your life well. Um, and it's not just like going to somebody and like venting, right? And yeah. if you're just like, if your therapist is allowing you to just go there and vent, like you have the wrong therapist. <laughs> like, yes. I truly think that, you know, you have to be willing to, and also, you know, have somebody that can be like, pull you out of yourself in a way um, and do like hard work because that's what ultimately gets you to a better place. Yeah, the hard work. That scares Ugh. me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's anything in life. Like there's hard work involved in getting to the other side of anything. I agree. Yeah. I, and I, yeah, I, I feel like that might have felt like super judgmental because I know like when you're in a place, it's like so hard sometimes to get yourself to do the work because you're just like kind of like, what's the point, right? Yeah. But um, Will it actually work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and why am I having to feel this way now? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's really, it is, can, it can be very, very, very challenging, but it's worth it. I really believe that. Okay. So the book, first of all, your girl, Allie Nolan was on GMA. <laughs> Friends, that's yeah. pretty big deal. That's awesome. Were you super excited about that? I was really excited about that. I mean, like, I'm not like a TV human. So that was like a, a little scary. But Amy Rohrbach, who's running Berlin, yay, um, was so sweet and such a great runner. Like, and, yeah, she's just pretty great. So that was fun. <laughs> um, I've actually like messaged her on Instagram a couple of times because I want to have her on the show. I, I don't yes. have I don't know how to get in contact with her, but she's got a great story, too. She had like a breast cancer diagnosis years ago and. Also, then I Googled how old she was and I'm like, man, she's 48. If I could be, no. yeah. yeah, I Googled that and I was like, dang. And she just like living her best life. I'm like, I love it. If that's what 48 looks like, give me 48. Yo, she, first of all, she looks like she's like 30. I, I mean, maybe younger. And then she like climbs mountains for fun. Like she always does something for her cancerversary and, um, yeah, she's so inspiring. She's keto, which I was like, oh, she is. Yes, I was like, how are you running a marathon? She's like, well, I'm eating a very small amount of carbs, and I was like, like broccoli, like I, you know, I was just like <laughs> totally, totally fascinated by. Her. I've literally <laughs> never researched keto. I don't know anything about it. it. It's just avocados and bacon, man. Like that's what I know. <laughs> um, also, though, her and her husband wrote a book. I like a kid's book about blended families because they have a blended family. And I think that that sounds really good. So I'm like, she could come on the running podcast or the parenting podcast. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. She's, she's all around awesome. So yeah, I'll see if I can connect you guys. Okay. Like, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But the book, so I was flipping through it last night. This is a lot of freaking work. This book oh, master yeah, the marathon. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have so much research in here. You've talked to so many professionals, uh, both on the like runner side, the physical therapy side, the coaching side. So, I mean, I was flipping through the book and I'm thinking, how did she even outline this? Like, how do you even figure out how to put this together? That's a really, oh my gosh, it's such a good question because I don't know. No. <laughs> I started, you know, First of all, like, yes, I, I interviewed so many people because like, I want to make this abundantly clear. Like I'm not a coach, you know, like I'm also like just a very 
pedestrian runner, you know, who writes um, and is really super good at reaching out to people and bothering them with questions. So that is like kind of my role in this book is to amplify women's voices who are in the running space and who do know what they're talking about. Um, so then from there, I had this brilliant idea that everybody should um, base train for forever and then they'd be allowed to pick their race. And that was how I first structured the book was like basically like the entire thing was like, you have to get your strength plan, your nutrition and your base plan all taken care of. And then we'll talk, then we'll start talking about marathoning. But luckily my editor was like, let's let them be a little excited about picking a race. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did, I, I wanted to, give people a lot of space and time to train. So um, I wanted to give plans that started from literally zero running, but I also wanted to give something to intermediate runners that um, maybe have maintained their mileage and so are going to do a base plan leading up to an in-season plan. Um, so you can kind of pick and choose. And then there is an advanced training plan for in-season runners. Um, and that really is incorporating just like some really intense speed work that I don't think I've ever even accomplished. So hooray. Um, <laughs> I thought that, you know, the biggest thing to me was that there's like five elements of marathon training and those are running, of course, strength training, nutrition, mentality, and then recovery. And so when I was like, okay, that's the five things I need to make sure are in this book because you know, uh, I feel like four of those things get neglected a lot of the time for runners. Um, so th that's kind of how I put it all together. Yeah. And look, the older you get, the more important the strength training is. I mean, some people it's super important all the time, but like it, I mean, it should always be important, but the importance just grows and grows and grows as you age. 100%. Yes. And like you will, feel it like yeah. you know, you'll feel better when you strength train and you won't get injured as much that's like the biggest thing with strength training for runners is injury prevention because we're very prone to injury when we're running this volume um but you really can remedy it especially most of the strength exercises in here are like okay women need to take care of their lower extremities you know for biological differences between men so here's how you do that and you know, unfortunately, it's like a lot of hip strengthening, which mm -hmm. isn't like glamorous. It's not like you're going to go Olympic lifting, but it's vital to marathon training. Yeah. And glute, uh, glute yeah. strengthening. Cause I mean, I can't tell you how many people get that ha lagging hamstring and so much yes. of that, that is your butt, man. You got to strengthen your butt. You're absolutely 1000% right because I had that hamstring issue and I was like, okay, well, here we go. Banded hip bridges and, um, you know, really, really firing up those glute muscles in a variety of ways, not just bridges, but Bulgarian squats and all that good mm -hmm. stuff. So, yep. Yeah, I, I saw Bulgarian some. Squats. I saw some deadlifts <laughs> in there that in, in there as well. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think I think that the the deadlifts, the Bulgarian split squats, the glute bridges, even if people can just start incorporating like literally three exercises a week. If you're doing nothing, don't overwhelm yourself with like this massive list of to dos. But just start. Start somewhere. Yeah. That's so smart. That's such good advice because I think sometimes people get overwhelmed or they'll go and go on Google and be like, okay, pull an article and then like try to do like supersets or something like that. But it, it doesn't have to be like that. Like heck, even like putting in a dynamic warm up is going to benefit 
your running and kind of, you know, work on some of those muscles a little bit. And Allie has those uh, pictures and descriptions of those moves, all like the dynamic, the post run stuff, the strength training, it's all in there. And I think it's really easy to read as well. Like it's really easy to understand what your exercise you're doing. I hope so. That was like really tricky. Actually, I'm sure it was like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like literally on the floor trying to do the exercise and then like writing down a description. So yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it was. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank beam for supporting this episode of the podcast for years. I was looking for the most delicious and effective hydration line. And I have found it in beam They have a hydration energy mix that you can take before your workouts. They have a balance mix that has a probiotic in it. And they also have a recovery blend, which has hydration and collagen mixed into it. It's delicious. The recovery is my favorite. If I'm going out running for an hour or more, or I'm sweating a lot and I'm not running for an hour, but I'm sweating a lot, I am always recovering with the Elevate Recovery. It has this delicious, refreshing lemon taste. And then the other product I want to tell you about is their Dream Powder. I also take that at night. It is a delicious blend that has a healthy take on hot chocolate and it has sleep-enhancing vitamins and minerals in it. I just steam up that hot water on the kettle and I pour it in, mix it up, and I drink that before bed. I mean, the best combination really is that in an episode of Ted Lasso, if I'm being honest. You can... Grab 15% off your order at Beam when you go to beamtlc.com and use the code ANOTHER and that'll get you 15% off your order. That's beamtlc.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 15% off. All right, back to the show. Um. Okay, so let's talk about some of the workouts in this book. One thing I loved is that you have specific workouts from different professional runners and and people along the way. Like there's the Jeff Galloway. What's that? The Super Mile or something like that? The Magic Mile. Yes, the Magic like Mile. Favorite thing. And for like newbie runners, baby runners, like it's just such a great baseline. So it's basically a timed mile. I mean, like that's all it is. But then like Jeff gives you this like really awesome equation that you can then use like kind of as a baseline for your paces and um you know you can also if you don't feel like doing math like take that baseline magic mile number and plug it into a pace calculator on you know any app um that does that for you and you then know what your training paces should be you you will know what your race pace should be and like granted that's going to change that's going to change throughout the course of your training but to start out like the magic mile is awesome. Also, like I'm sorry, time miles are possibly like the most gut wrenching. Oh, I know it's so hard, it's so bad. I hate it, and but also like you love it. Like I love to hate it. Like <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. This is the way I think of it. Which we're doing. You know, I I have a team for the Under Armour All Out Mile, so this is the perfect time to just do your your magic mile. October 1st through October 11th is your is your window and that can kind of I love giving mile time trials or 5k time trials at like the beginning of a cycle and then four or five weeks later 
doing it again? Because then you can use that, like you were saying, the equation to kind of see, okay, where can our paces bump up to or where do they need to be after this five weeks of training? That's brilliant. And also like, don't you, I feel like after four weeks or five weeks of training, it's like, that's going to be a huge difference. And I don't know, that would make me feel very motivated, I think. Yeah. And the thing about the time mile, okay. Most of the mile will hurt. Like it's short enough distance that you need to be working really, really hard. But say your timed mile is seven minutes. Okay. Five of those minutes are going to be awful, right? Right. It's not that long. It's not that long. Yes. That's such a great way to think about it actually is like, it's really just less, less than 15. I'm being really conservative. It's less than 15 minutes of my life. Right. And like, so let's say you are like intermediate to advanced runner. It's less than eight minutes of your life. And so you can push, like you can push like, and I think, um, there are, is a fine line between being really stupid and pushing too hard and then also being able to push yourself and find that grit in you and you know just like accept the pain um so yeah i think the mile is like a mini version of a a training cycle really yeah i use that same mindset in marathons and longer races that like it's only 15 minutes of my life like i'll think about it in chunks and then when you get to like the last 5k even though however long that takes you feels like forever when you're running a marathon. I do. I think about big picture. I think, okay, this is literally 25 minutes of your life or whatever the time is. You like just stay, stay right here where you are. You're going to be done. And so I think so much of, of running and marathon running and things like that is just so mental. You, you have to do the physical training, but you have to sharpen mentally too. 100. Yes. I love that. And, um, I think that's why the mind stuff is so important and it really is about just being like, okay, I'm in this, I can do this. Some people that are naturally negative, I say to reframe it and be like, I have already gone for 23 miles and you know, this next three is going to be the best ever or something silly like that. You know what I mean? Just like really trying to be positive, um, but realistic at the same time. Um, which there are exercises to kind of balance those in the book. But yes, if you just think about it, like it's only going to be another 25 minutes, like then you're destined to make it and probably do really well. And force a smile. I don't know if anybody's getting ready, getting ready to run a marathon, but we're giving you a little pep talk here. Force a <laughs> smile on your face. Like yes. even if you are in so much pain, if you force a little smile, it will naturally help. It just does. It just does. Kipchoge does it. So we all should be smiling like idiots when we run. (laughs) Yeah. So if Kipchoge does it, don't tell me you're running too hard to force a smile. Okay. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Okay. Let's go. Let's, let's give everybody one more fun workout from the book. So I want to tell you guys about the Michigan, which if you're like an old school runner or advanced runner, you probably know about it already, but Um, Coach Ellen London from Boston, who coaches for the Heartbreak Hill Running Company, she uh, gave me the Michigan. So what I did in the book is like I asked all of the coaches that I interviewed, like, what is your favorite terrible workout? And it's all in this section called Kick Your Own Butt. And you can kind of like throw these hard speed workouts into your training. Um, I try not to make it too haphazard, but like sometimes you just need something fun. So um, those are called wild card workouts. Um, anyway, I'll just like run through what the Michigan is. 
so you warm up, so um, you run around, so you warm up. Then you run one mile around a track at 10K pace. Slow down for two to three minutes, using this time to leave the track and slowly run to a sidewalk, trail, dirt road, anywhere off the track where you can rest. Run a mile somewhere off track at tempo pace. Return to the track in a slow jog. You're aiming to slow jog for approximately one mile. Then go once you're back on the track, you run 1,200 meters at 10K pace. Slow jog away from the track, again, taking no more than three minutes. Repeat the same off-track mile at tempo pace. Jog back to the track, the one mile back. Back on the track, you're going to run 800 meters at 10K pace. Jog away from the track, taking no more than four minutes. Repeat the same off-track mile at tempo pace. Jog back to the track, that's the one mile back. Back when you're on the track, you run 400 meters as if it were the last quarter mile of your goal race. Um, and then peel yourself off the finish line and revel in your own brilliance. Um, so basically it's like a track workout, track ladder going down, but with tempo miles yeah. not on the track in between. And it sounds horrible. <laughs> so but also like... I kind of love the idea of it because when you're doing in, an interval pace, like a, what was it, 10K pace or whatever to start, then you drop down to tempo and that tempo suddenly feels like manageable. Whereas totally like normally a tempo is you're like, it feels really fast when you get right into it, yeah. but your body's used to that interval. So it kind of makes tempo feel more manageable. Um, I agree with that. And you also get like that little bit of recovery in yeah. between. Um, so it actually makes both of those paces kind of feel like okay like at, at least I'm getting this breath of air and then I can give my heart and soul to 10k pace or to um a tempo pace also like when you think about like an 800 10k pace like you're like just on its own you're like that's not that bad yeah yeah but um all mushed together um it's a lot it's not, it's not that great yeah I mean it <laughs> sounds so fun. <laughs> it sounds hella hard but also yeah fun because it you change it up it's not like 10 by 800 it's not you know and that's a great workout too but you get to change it up so to me it's like running on hills even though they're harder I kind of like it more than just running flat because it, it breaks up the run for you I'm the same exact way I love a rolling course like it's my favorite uh -huh. and Hannah hates hills like we're just total opposite uh -huh. in that way so I think I talk about that in the book about how much Hannah hates hills because it, for some reason it makes me giggle so. <laughs> <laughs> well I always say I say that about the New York City Marathon I ran it in 2019 I was so nervous about the hills because of course coming from Indianapolis 28 feet of elevation and six miles um, yeah. <laughs> so I really I really mentally prepared really really well for those hills and so I did okay on them but and I tried to, you know, work in some hills and training, but I had so much fun on that race because it's like you're so mentally focused to get up the hill and then you just get to rip down them and it's really fun. Yeah. I want to run New York. I you got to run New York. It sounds amazing. So yeah, one day, one day. And like, yeah, those hills, I think I'd like them maybe. Yeah. I think that you'll be fine coming from Utah. I, I just, I didn't know I would love the New York City Marathon as much as I did. I did not, because I've run Boston several mm -hmm. times. I just, I've run Chicago. I just didn't, I didn't expect to be as wowed as I was. That's interesting, especially if you ran Boston. Like, I feel, yeah. yeah, as a Boston person, yeah. What are the hills like in comparison? Well, Boston's just so much more downhill, you know? Okay. You have Heartbreak yeah, Hill yeah. and that whole series. Um, yeah. 
But New York is just, it just goes up and down, up and down. And I will say, uh, I think it's Steph Bruce actually just tweeted about this. I think it's mile 22 to 23. There are people listening that have probably run New York several times that know exactly what I'm talking about. But that was, that was the hill that I least expected. Like I was like least prepared for. Like everybody told me about Queensboro Bridge and all the bridges and, and things like that. But that hill, I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. Like this thing <laughs> doesn't stop. And she tweeted, Steph tweeted about that the other day. And I thought, yep, that's it. Oh, but almost, oh, I'm almost yeah. glad I was, I was um, ignorant to it because yes. I would have been thinking about it the whole time. I don't, right? Like this is coming up. Here it comes. Yeah, I would have been totally scared. Actually, Marine Corps, which was my first marathon, everybody told me about like the worst hill at the end. And I built this hill up in my head and it was like not that bad. I was like, really, really like yeah. the cul-de-sac. If anybody has run it, like, what well, do you have to like turn around at, at mile like twenty three? For some reason, that killed me. Yeah. Like, it's just so interesting. Like, almost like the things that you don't know about are going to be worse. I I don't know, but I was happy I didn't know that I had to like go around a circle that smelled like beer and had a bunch of jelly beans on the road. I don't know. Like, <laughs> horror stories I have like PTSD from that <laughs> we should really think about how we filter describing marathon courses to people before they run them for the first yeah. time yeah seriously that's a really good point because I do both... think it could help you mentally like the way someone prepares you someone can prepare you for the hills in a healthy way without scaring you uh, 100%. I think that that's so true. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, Allie. Well, so here, listen, everybody, this book, you, if you've never run a marathon, you want to run a marathon, you can buy this book for $17. It's like, you know, so many people go and hire coaches for their first marathons, which is fine. That's a great thing mm-hmm. to do too. But like, you don't need to do that there. This is a resource for you that you should definitely utilize. Even if you don't use the training plans in it, there's so many pieces of information about the strength training and the nutrition, just basic things that if you're going to train for a marathon, you should just arm yourself with that knowledge. So it's called master the marathon. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying such nice things about it. And seriously, like, um, yeah, I think that it's a really good foundation. I believe my dog is barking. Can you hear him? Sorry, hey, he's like all about it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a really good foundation. And then if you want to still use a coach, I think that's great because I love individualized training plans, but some people don't want to pay for that. And I hear you there. So there's a bunch of stuff to read in this book. Yeah, and if you educate yourself and you have that knowledge, you can kind of – follow a training plan loosely I mean my biggest suggestion is like listen to your body yes never be married to a training plan and I I truly think if it's your first marathon I don't know that you need to hire a coach and you can you know you can if you want to that's great but you can follow these training plans loosely it's just I think the benefit of a coach is if you need to take some time off because you have an injury or a niggle or you need to move a long run because the next weekend you're doing something whatever it is you can kind of use that somebody for guidance for that um and and hopefully a coach is urging you not to push through like painful experiences right like oh no 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 taking a week off in the middle of a marathon training cycle is way better than pushing through it and getting yourself injured no kidding. Yes, I agree. And like most every coach will advise you to do that if you're feeling like tightness or pain, right? Like 
yeah i i just don't understand like sometimes i feel like people in secret are training without their coach's knowledge because like <laughs> you do you get so into it and you don't want to miss any workout and i'm like well for you people there is pool running <laughs> like there, there's options a day off never hurt anybody's race no. like if you're sick I mean there were times in my 20s when I would have a cold or something and I would just like kind of run through and at the time it was fine if I'm on day two of a cold now I'm not no. running like yes. I, it's just like I, my body needs more rest than it did in my 20s and that is okay I agree yeah it's a why I'm like, why does that have to happen? But it does. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay, Allie. So we probably, I don't know what I've changed with the podcast since you were first on. And your answers have probably changed. So we'll wrap up with into podcast here. What is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? So professionally I and personally, basically, I want to write a second book. But this one will be um, more of like a memoir or based on real life experiences. So that is my next goal. Based on the little bit I know about your story, I think that that would be really good. I personally want to hear a lot more about this girl's school. And <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, this is a little... <laughs> like I've read such stupid books lately. Oh, no, I want to hear the stupid you. ones. Please, please do tell. I'm reading, I'm reading a Diane Chamberlain book right now. It's, amazing, you know, amazing. just like Can super mindless and I can't even remember what it's called but those are those books are necessary they are necessary right I'm like oh gosh I've read a lot of like very I can say I've read so much literary fiction but the last book that I read is I actually read The Secret and like so do you know about The Secret yeah Oprah Oh my gosh. It's a little ridiculous. It's a little bit of toxic positivity, <laughs> but I'm like, now everything I'm like, I'm asking the universe, the universe will deliver, blah, blah, blah. And like, I can't help myself. And my crew's always like, I'm secreting that Lamborghini for you. And I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So bad. <laughs> Does he read? My husband doesn't read books. He just reads like boring news and political articles. Um, so crude only listens to like, you know, um, how to be a better boss books and he okay. does audio books. Um, but he does, he does listen to Seth Rogen's book. He loves audio. He's like very, um, into that, but he, he loved Seth Rogen's book like so much. He couldn't stop talking about it. Okay. I'm going to have to get that. I'm, <laughs> yeah. He, he reads, I've heard someone else talk about this. He reads it on audible, I think. He does. And yeah. he has like his friends, like his actor friends come in to be characters. So Yeah. I can't remember where I heard someone talking about this. It was on some podcast, but yeah. Okay. I've heard that. Um, all right. What is, who is someone fun, motivating or inspiring you would like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? So I want to have coffee with Hoda. I love Hoda. I mean, who doesn't love Hoda? She's like literally my favorite human in the universe. So yeah. <laughs> I love her too. I'm like, how does she work so much though? She's now morning, main morning news anchor and she still does the hour with Jenna. I know. And she also has a child. I'm just like, Hoda. I feel like she started a podcast too. Did she? She has two children. Maybe her husband is, it probably does more caretaking with the kids. I think she has two kids now. She does have, I think you're right, actually. Oh, she's, she's very amazing. inspiring. Yeah. She's very yeah. inspiring. Yeah. Um, so you were on GMA. Have you pitched yourself to get, get an interview with Hoda and Jenna? Um, I wish. So we'll see if the publicist, my get publicist that on. Like, 
that would be amazing. Like that would be like literally a dream come true. Dream so big. yeah, got to dream big, got to manifest that. I'm sure your publicist <laughs> is working on it. I hope so. Cause I told, I've told her that I love Hoda this much and I love Jenna too. I mean, yeah. obviously, but you know, I've, I like grew up with Hoda. I feel like in the sense of like, as a young adult, I would be like uh-huh. watching the morning news and like doing my homework for graduate school. And I'd be like, that lady just love her. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that she, you know, is now like the main, one of the main anchors her in Savannah and like that didn't happen to her at a super young age. You know right. what I mean? Like she's she's been in it for a really long time. She became a mom when she was a little bit older. Like I'm just very inspired by her story. I am too. I think that's what I just love about her so much is that, you know, she kind of makes anything possible. And she also just seems really kind at the same time. She does. So, yeah. Her yeah, because everybody's like, "Oh, this wonder person at age of twenty, and you're just like, who cares? Yeah. Like, all of us are middle aged. <laughs> what did you <laughs> do to earn that? I know exactly. Um, and I think she's still tight with old Kathy Lee. She used to, you know, her and Jenna now do the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. What is your last message to leave with our audience today? I just hope everybody is finding joy in their running. That is my mantra right now. So, um, and if you're not. I'm here for you. I'm just a DM away. <laughs> hey, last episode I recorded with you, I remember we talked about the song Six Foot, Seven Foot. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Is that still I, on your running playlist? Of course it is. I mean, like, I literally haven't changed my running playlist since, like, 2001. So, no, is, no, that no, Lil, is that Lil Wayne? That is Lil Wayne. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, Lil Wayne has his own series of issues but like I, um, <laughs> I still like his music like his older music so yeah <laughs> okay so I need to follow that up with what's new on I'm I'm on the spot thinking I'm gonna start adding this to into podcast questions you're my first one I've asked this what's new to your running playlist um amazing question so much but um doja cat is like really basically all of her songs but need to know is like my warm-up right now and um i i love it i love that song so much so okay okay we'll look it up (laughs) you're welcome friends you just got a new song dear new your uh newest running playlist (laughs) all right Allie, thank you so much Thank you, Lindsay. This is so much fun. And yeah, it's so good to catch up with you again. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Allie, for sharing your story. That was so fun. You all go pick up a copy of her book. Go support this new author. It's her first book. It's called Master the Marathon. Again, if you leave a rating and review on this podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, we will put you in to be entered to win her book. Just email Emma at sandyboyproductions.com. We will keep that open through the end of October. So even if you aren't listening to this on the drop date in September, we will keep that open through the end of October. When you leave ratings and reviews for this podcast or any podcast that you listen to, you are helping that host and the production team because that will help new listeners find it. All right. I would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram. I am lindsayhine 626 On Twitter, I am at Lindsay Hine. And on Facebook, you can find me. I'll have another podcast where we have a group as well. 
The group is a great resource. You can always ask questions and other runners will come with answers. And it's just a great supportive community over there. So we'd love to have you join us. Links to everything we talked about, the sponsors, Beam, Gooder, and the Junior League 5K. All that information with the discount codes will be in the show notes at lindsayhine.com, as well as the link to Allie's book, Master the Marathon. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. You can learn more about Sandy Boy Productions on Instagram, Sandy Boy Productions, or sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, thanks for being here, and I hope you have a great week. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.